Hallelujah. Yay, God. Good morning. Good morning, everybody. Worship was amazing, huh? Such a sweet time in the presence. Thanks, Rich. Love you. Okay. I thought this was like my Pentecostal preaching rag. So like... <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah, it's awesome. Or I could just maybe like... Oh. Praise God. Hey, do we have any uh, any veterans in the room today? If you're a veteran, we really want to honor you today. Would you stand up? Would you stand up? Come on. There they are. Praise God. Wow, wow. We want to thank you for your service, you know. Um, we never want to forget those that serve and pay a price for the freedom that we all enjoy. Amen? Amen. We're really blessed. We're blessed to live in the country that we live in and to enjoy freedom, all the freedoms that we have. Amen? And uh, a high price was paid for those freedoms. And uh, so we just, we honor you guys. As a matter of fact, I'll tell you what, let, would you stand one more time? If you're around them today, um, I, I'd like you just to quickly lay hands on them. Let's just agree uh, just for, for outpourings of blessing. Yeah, you can just thank them personally too. And I'll, you pray and we'll pray together. Father, I just thank you for uh, these who have served. And, um, and God, we honor them. We do pray, God, just for uh, just that you would lavish upon them today uh, just an increase of your your tangible affection. Uh, God, that that blessings, God. God, it's impossible to give in the kingdom and not to receive back. And and so, God, I just thank you that that, uh, they would continue to receive, Lord, honor and blessing and favor wherever they go. Yeah, and we thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Yeah, you can give another cheer. Praise God. Yeah, so, hey, lunch today, as Amy mentioned, um, Denise has prepared a wonderful lunch today, so um, you don't have to go anywhere. Just stay. If you've got something in your crock pot, dinner. It'll just be even better just for the few. Anything in a crock, you know, you notice that? The longer it goes, the better it is. <laughs> I love crockpot. And um, God bless whoever invented the crockpot. You know? Because we're just being blessed by it continuously. (laughs) At least I am. My wife, she cooks for us. And she's an amazing cook. And so, anyway. But crockpot. And it's like crockpot season. You know what I'm saying? Like, there's nothing like coming home to something beautiful and warm in a pot that is hot and tender and full of flavor and it smells, this fills the house. All right, we're getting hungry now, so we better... <laughs> and that's really my main point for today. And uh, no, um, <laughs> let's bow your heads and let's pray. Um, but... Uh, <laughs> hey, I, I know we announced it, but I do want to just... Um, I do want to highlight again Presence Night. Uh, we have a prayer meeting on Sunday night, and we call it Presence. And uh, 
and it's a, I know that most of you know, but if you don't, um, really the heart of it is just simply the host is present to, to hear and to sense what he's doing and to partner with them. And we've been having a great time. I think this will be our sixth one. I think last week was our fifth. Anyway, fifth or sixth this week. And uh, each week has been so, uh, so unique. And you know, it always is. Whenever you show up with no other agenda than to find out what's on his heart. Um, and how many know, like, finding out what God's doing and joining it is way better than us coming up with an idea and hoping that he wants to join that. <laughs> anyway, you know, um, so, you know, unless the Lord's building the house, you're working for nothing. <laughs> That's the special translation. But, um, but come on out to Presence Night and, uh, and we're enjoying ourselves. You know, I think it's never a waste when you come and pour out to him. And that's what I love about these times. You know, that like, as believers, we have a priestly call. Like, as a believer, we're all royalty and we're all priests. And, uh, and what a priest does first is minister to the Lord. And come on, maybe that's a good word, amen? What a privilege, isn't it, that, that we are actually... And you know, to be a priest, you have to be anointed. So, do you know that you're actually anointed with a priestly anointing, that you're, you're like, you've got everything you need to minister to the Lord. Isn't it amazing that you can actually minister to God? Isn't that amazing? That you can bring something to the one who needs nothing, but yet he values what you bring more than any other thing. We were created for this purpose. You know, because, you know, I mean, here's the thing. This presence night, you know what it is? It's great training for heaven. Because think about it. When there's no one left to evangelize and and everyone's living openly in the knowledge of God, all the gifts are going to go away. No one's going to need to be saved. When we've got our identity in our ministries, we're going to have to figure out who we really are, which is worshipers. (laughs) Amen. So (laughs) That's a good word. Well, hey... um, if you have your Bibles with you this morning, would you uh, open up to uh, Deuteronomy? Deuteronomy chapter 8. Yeah, amen. Annie said it's a good one. She already knows. Uh, it is a good one. Deuteronomy chapter 8. And we're going to start with verse 1 and read about five verses. And, uh, and really going to focus on verse 3 a little bit. And, uh, and then I'll, I'll reference several, so if you're taking notes, then write down those references. Uh, I'll read most of them to you, and uh, you can look them up later and check them out. And, uh, and so let's just pray. Uh, Lord, we thank you for your help today. We thank you that, God, where two or more are gathered together in your name, you're there in the midst. God, when we come together like this, here is a tangible presence of the Lord that's with us. That God, it's not just a sweet idea that you are here in power. Your glory is here. And uh, David said, I, I like to go to the sanctuary to behold his power and his glory. And Lord, we thank you. We just we say this is a place that your power and your glory is welcome and desired. And we ask for your spirit of wisdom and revelation to rest on me 
which rests on us today. We thank you for the anointing. I thank you that the Word always does what it's sent out to do. God, that it is a spiritual Word, that it is a supernatural Word. And when it lands in the heart and mixes the faith, it produces life. And it brings us further into you. It reveals you. And so we just thank you that we are being shaped even more and more into your likeness today as we journey together. Yeah, in Jesus' name, we love you. Amen. Deuteronomy chapter 8. And uh, I want to say today, I guess you could have two titles to this message. It would be, uh, God is still speaking. That's a good How many are glad God is still speaking? How many are glad that God spoke? But how many are even more glad that he's speaking today? Amen. And, um, or the other one, it could be called living by his word. That's the title. God is still speaking, living by his word. Deuteronomy chapter 8. Every commandment which I command you today, you must be careful to observe that you may live and multiply and go in and possess the land of which the Lord swore to your fathers. You know, pause right there for a minute. You know what's amazing here about the command of the Lord? Did you realize... Anytime God speaks to us or gives us a command, it's always for our good. Amen? Isn't that amazing? So really like... Well, we're not going to go on about that. I'm just going to drop that seed. But think about it. He's given him a command. Why, Lord? He's like, he goes, I command you today. <laughs> it's a powerful statement. You must be careful to observe that you may live. And what is it that God wants for the people? Not if God doesn't have an ego that needs to be pet. God, God never. Do you realize? Imagine a father, the father of all creation, who has never one time in all of his existence, which is forever, right? He's without beginning. He's always existed. And in all of this timelessness, eternity, infinity, without beginning or end, in all this time, he has never one time been insecure. He's never felt it. He doesn't know what it feels like. So, and he, and he has no ego to protect. God is love. And so everything that he says and does toward us is always for us at the end of the day. Because if, if we walk, if, if he doesn't get what he desires from us, his heart will grieve and miss us, but he will still go on in fullness without lack. Because he's missing nothing. And so, the things God speaks to us, He's like, here's what I want for you. You know, I want you to multiply. I want you to live. I want you to possess the land, which I, which I promised to give your fathers. It's all like, God's like, be careful to do what I command, so that you get all this stuff that I have for you. That's what God wants. Amen. Alright, verse 2, and you will remember that the Lord your God led you all the way these 40 years in the wilderness to humble you, to test you, and to know what was in your heart, 
whether you would keep His commandments or not. How many know with, the, with God's tests, you just take them till you pass? He's <laughs> like, how will you know, how will you know, Lord, uh, you know, how will you know if I'm going to keep your commandments? When the test is over, I'll know. <laughs> and you'll take it until I know. <laughs> it's a good word. I love you so much. You can be in the desert as long as you want, my beloved children. And, um, and so, <laughs> and so, <laughs> anyway. But you know what's amazing about that? The desert was not a punishment for the children of Israel. Do you realize that? And more on this later. But, the, but what the wilderness is, a lot of times you'll hear a believer say, oh, I'm in the wilderness. Do you know what's hard about the wilderness? When you fight it. Because you're there. And, and in, in, in one real way, in the New Covenant, there's kind of never really spiritually a wilderness. But we have experiences in our life, soul experiences, journeys in our life, it feels like the wilderness. Let me tell you what the wilderness is. The wilderness is the place where God eliminates all distractions and He feeds you regularly and He draws you close to Him and He teaches you to leave. It's a gift. And the hardest thing about the wilderness is when you just are like trying to build like you're in the promised land, but you're not. That's what's frustrating really about any season of our life is that when we have a hard time embracing the season that we're in, but, but you know, when you realize that when, if you can just see, okay, when you, here's a great question, Lord, what are you doing in me right now? If you get frustrated, you just get to stop sometimes and just say, Lord, what season am I in? What are you doing in my life? How do I partner with you? And what it may require is the letting go of what you want it to be. But the minute you let that go, you will receive the grace and the peace that He has for you in that season. I mean, because, it, you know, it wasn't so bad of a place. All right. I mean, think about it. Like, they, they had the glory of God manifesting. I mean, it was so powerful, Joshua didn't even want to leave the tent. It wasn't a bad place. Like, I don't think Joshua was hating it. The wilderness. It's pretty sweet. Like, there's not a lot of work to do. There's no battles to fight. I don't have to even plant anything. I don't have to do any yard work. Nothing really grows out here. I just drink out of a rock. I pick up bread off the ground every day. And once in a while we get some quail. And it's like pretty nice. And I'm in the glory. Often. Regularly. Oh man, it's so good. Alright. Verse 3. So he humbled you, allowed you to hunger and feed... And, and But he fed you with manna, which you did not know, nor did your fathers know. It meant they didn't know what it was. As a matter of fact, the word manna, <laughs> yeah, it means, the word manna literally means, what is it? <laughs> like, and I think this is true about the word of God. Like, you know, the Bible says that God's ways are above our ways as the heavens are above the earth. And so how many know, sometimes, how, how many of you have ever been in a situation and you're like, God speaks to me about this and he goes, hey, let me tell you something. You're like, that has nothing to do with what I'm asking you about. Nothing. 
Like, it's powerful. Like, I feel the grace and the life flow to me. But this is what I'm worried about. Why don't you tell me about this? And, and literally, I believe in those moments, the Lord is saying, yeah, what is it? You're asking me for something, but I'm giving you what you need. And it's bread. Eat it. Just eat it. All right. So it literally meant, what is it? So good. That he might make you to know that man will not live by bread alone, but man lives by every word that proceeds from the mouth of God. We'll actually stop there. Every word that proceeds. Say say this with me. Proceeds. Yeah, it's a word that proceeds. It's a spoken word. It's a word that is flowing out in the moment. This is the, actually, this is the verse that in Matthew 4, 4, that Jesus quoted to the tempter in the wilderness. Jesus was in the wilderness being tested. And, 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 uh, and he quoted, he said, it is written. Well, it is written in Deuteronomy 8. This is what Jesus was actually quoting. I mean, the basic message here is, uh, you know, Jack Hayford put it this way, that there is no survival of the soul without God's word daily. That's a great word. I think, uh, for myself, and please, like, I, you know, Jack Hayford is like such a father in the kingdom. I think the way I would understand that for myself, exactly what Jack said, would be that there's no thriving of the soul. You'll survive. But, but life is not merely existence in the, in the kingdom. And like from God's perspective, right? Life is not existence. Life is one, oneness with God. Life flows from the life giver. Now you can live a life, you can walk the earth, you can live a hundred years... You can exist and never thrive. Never have the abundant life that Jesus paid for. Amen? And, and it's, it's actually, God calls that death. It's spiritual death. That your, your body is alive and your, your soul is existing. But how many know what fuels your soul is, it, your soul is fueled by spirit, by, by spiritual source. And there's only two sources. Life and death. And, and there is no gray in that area. Like, there's, there's, I mean, life's a journey and there's a lot in the middle that, you know what I mean? I think when we get black and white and we have rules for everybody, that's where we get real judgmental and in trouble. But, but there is one thing that's for sure. There is a, one source of life and everything out him, outside of him is death. That's why the Bible says that corruption is in the world because of lust. We just spoke at men's night at BSSM uh, this last week. Had the honor of being there with all the guys in first year. And um, but you know, like, do you know, do you know what this is? This word lust. It means that it means when you desire something outside of God. We always we always hear that word and we think like sexuality, but like lust really is a strong desire. Evil lust is a strong desire for something that's outside of God and everything outside of God. There's no life outside of God. All of life and everything good to be had is in Him. And everything outside is the broad path that leads to destruction. And so when, 
So this brings corruption. Amen? But what brings life is the Word of God, the voice of God in our life. Job said... So in other words, the, the idea is, is that, um, that my, my, my spiritual life my, is actually more important than my physical life. We actually need spiritual food more, even more, right? Because whatever's going to last forever, that's what you're, that's what you're going to want to feed well, right? And I believe in, I like to eat healthy, right? I do. I ate an awesome breakfast this morning, tons of vegetables, eggs, right? Amy had some. She loved it. I made that. Yay, God. She, she did everything else. I made breakfast. Um, but, <laughs> but, um, but what we eat, really, and you know what's amazing is that bread, this, this bread of life, Jesus said, I'm the bread that came down from heaven. All right? John 6. And, and, and so what bread was in the Hebrew culture was actually like their main sustenance. Like we eat a lot of meat and stuff. They did that on special occasions. What they did is they, they, they grew grains, wheat, they made bread. And so literally when you said bread to a Hebrew, they're like, that is life food that I need every day. And God demonstrates it in the wilderness with, with his people by actually, think about it, he's got them in the wilderness, there's nothing out there, no way to provide for themselves, perfect conditions to teach them how to rely on him. But then he comes through every single day. And then, and then when they try to take it into their own hands, they're like, I'm going to store up a little extra, right? I'm going to store up, because I don't know if God's going to send manna tomorrow, I don't know if God's going to speak to me tomorrow. So I'm going to, get, I'm going to store up and try to make this last for a couple of days. It's great the first day, the next day it's full of worms. And they're like, oh, there's worms in it. And the Lord's like, well, there's fresh manna out there. Go get some more. I told you. Only get, you need it every day. You need fresh bread every day. Ah. Job said this way in Job 23.12, he said, I have not departed from the command of your lips. I have treasured your word, the words of his mouth more than my necessary food. You know what's amazing about Job is that he understood hearing the voice of God. Do you know that they say that Job is the, actually the oldest account in the scripture, time-wise? Job, Job is, the, is the oldest person that we have an account of like this, like the longest ago from us. And, and so before there was a Bible, before, before there was the law, before there was any of this, there was this man called Job who knew God. And he understood that God would speak afresh to him every day. Isn't that amazing? I mean, he's been doing it for a long time. And so... He's leading us by His voice. His voice. You know, for my life, here's the thing, and for you and me, the voice of God is actually the most important thing in our, in our lives. I think that, you know, if you have the, the manifest presence of God and the voice of God, you know God. You have God. Right? And so, 
like I remember, I remember years ago when uh, we were living in Clear Lake, and uh, I had this burning desire to go to Bible school, and uh, and it was the Lord. I knew that God had uh, called us, and 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 He had already spoken to us that there would be a time of training that was coming, and and I said. Well, I found this Bible school over in the, like, Marysville area. And, um, and man, I made every effort to go to it. Like, I went down there. I, I, I knocked on every door. I mean, they would have, I mean, getting in the school was no problem. But, but, like, every door was shut. Like, no, I couldn't find work. I could, you, you ever just do something, you're pushing on something. And then come to find out, you know the difference between faith and presumption? is faith means you heard God. You know what I mean? I'm just stepping out in faith. You know what I mean? You're like, did you hear God about that? Because if you did, it's faith. And um, and so we're pushing. And finally, I just, I was, it felt like I was beating my head against a wall, you know? And uh, I was home by myself one Friday morning, spending time with God in the living room there. And I, I was reading this John G. Lake book. It's uh, his life and sermons. Like, 500, all the BSSM students know what I'm talking about. It's an awesome book. And, um, and, and I read it before I was a student. My spiritual father gave it to me years ago. And I was sitting there reading this book, and I was reading this message by, uh, by John G. Lake that he had preached, had been transcribed. And, and, um, and he was preaching about how Christ was, how, how the scapegoat, they, in, in the Old Testament there was a scapegoat, and they would confess their sins onto this animal, and then the, the priest would lead it out into the wilderness, and then it would die there. And, all, and it was like a type of Christ, the Lamb of God that would, that would take all the sins of the world upon him and go out and die. And, and then all the sins died with that animal out in the wilderness. And, and he made the connection. He said, just like Jesus was led out by the Holy Spirit for three and a half years to, to ultimately die for us on the cross. And here's the crazy thing. When God speaks to you, how many know, like, when you hear God, you're like, it doesn't make sense sometimes, except it's God. Do you know what I mean? Like, I don't know how that, but you just know. And I'm sitting there, and I'm like, I'm like going, oh, and I just have this thing in my soul, like, what's going to happen? How is this going to work out? How, how are we going to move there? So I read this thing. In the middle of the page, I hear myself say, out loud. This has happened to me a few times when the Lord speaks to me through my own mouth. Like I, I, and I hear myself say, Lord, I don't want to wait three and a half years. And I was busted on the spot. I was like, oh. And the Spirit of God just rested. The peace came over me. And I was like, oh. Like, yeah, I, you know, you find out, I found out what God was saying to me by what I was arguing with. Does that make sense? But then I realized something, that I had actually been trying at something that I wasn't responsible to make work. And I, and, and I realized in that moment, I, then I rested back on my couch and I said, I said, oh, thank you so much, Lord. That's all I needed. I needed to hear you. Okay. And I'll tell you what's interesting. Those next three and a half years was like a death to self experience. I mean, it was cool. We kept growing in the Lord, but it was very much that kind of experience where God is molding and shaping in a deep way 
And three and a half years later, almost exactly, we, um, we moved to Reading and went to, a, went to BSSM. And, um, and, you know, like, here's the thing. Like, when, when you hear him speak, you know, in other words, like, how many are just thankful that God did not give us a manual? You know, you got to fix your car and you get a manual, you know, or you just go see Reuben, which is probably a better idea. And, and, um, and, uh, you know, how many are you like, you're like, okay, like this bull goes here. And, you know, I had a friend who was a, a pastor for years in a certain denomination. And, uh, he got, he received the baptism of the Holy Spirit after many years of ministry. And he said, oh, we have the Trinity, the Father, Son, and the Holy Bible. You know, <laughs> and, uh, and, um, but, but this value for the fact that, no, it's not just a book that we that we memorize it is a book that when we read it here's the thing this is the word of god but you know it's powerful when we read it he breathes upon it you know and and you know that's true but you realize like you know what's powerful about a word that it is spoken you know what i'm saying like i can hold this up at the devil and wave it at him, it doesn't hurt him. But when I say, it is written, he starts to tremble. Oh, did you forget? So in the moment when God speaks to you, I just believe God is stirring up a hunger. You know, sometimes your life circumstances will take you into a place where you feel fragile or in need and you begin to lean on God because of your need. How many know what I'm talking about? Have you been there? Right? And, and God will use these opportunities. He doesn't waste anything. He will use these opportunities to teach us to lean. But how many know God is looking for a people who, who desire His Word more than their necessary physical food, even in, when they're not in a trial. Now, that's the challenge. Because this, this is a hunger that is not based on, uh, like, I'm in a hole. You know what I'm saying? Everybody knows they have a need when they're stuck in a hole. But to remember that the need is just as strong when you're on the mountaintop takes the eyes of faith and, and a revelation from the Lord and humility of heart that, that here's what God, here's where I believe God is taking us is that He wants to pour out so much, but He's looking for a people who, who are not motivated by lack or pain or need, but by desire. That says, you actually have captivated me and all these bonuses in life, hey, enjoy them, right? Like, go to Mexico, you know? Have a good time. But like, but enjoy them, right? But the Lord is looking for people that in the midst of this blessing, that you, that you have this constant pull on your heart, and you're saying, God, what are you saying? So how does God speak? You know, it's, we're, we're to walk by faith and not by sight. 
if we walk by faith, it means that our entire walk really is a continuous experience and hearing of God speaking to us. We're being led by Him. When, I, when I'm living by the voice of God, He can tap me on the shoulder in the grocery store and say, Hey, my heart's aching for that one. When, you, when, you're, when you're listening and looking for the Lord, it means we don't just come. I know this isn't us, right? But, but so many believers, we can get into autopilot where we're like, Sunday's where I do church, and then I go out and I, and I do whatever, you know? And, and then, and then, but then I come here to be fed, and then I kind of just go back to normal life. I'm like, this is normal life. This is the place just where we come together. Yeah, we get fed, but this is where we come together. I think God's desire is, is that when, our, when the river inside of us is flowing all week, we come together, there's an explosion. You know, it's like, it's like we, you know, it's like, I think for a long time, believers have had this idea that like, when I come to church, I get my cup filled up. You know, we've been talking about this lately, right? But I get my cup filled up, but I'm like, you know what? If I let the river flow out of me all week when I come in, yes, you get filled up when you come, but so are other people because you came. Because your river's still flowing. Amen. A couple of ways that God speaks. One, the Bible. Yeah. You know what? Uh, how about this? We declare what is written, but we live by what is spoken. When you read it for yourself, God speaks to you in it. Let me just say this. When you sit down to read, just have an expectation that the Holy Spirit is upon you to reveal the depths of His heart in this Word. Amen. Number two, visions. Dreams. He speaks to our spirit. He confirms things by His presence. How many know God will speak to you? Have you ever had somebody say something to you and all of a sudden the presence of God comes over you? Here's your sign. <laughs> you know? You know? Like, and I think we think those are coincidences sometimes. Do you ever do that? Like, you're like, wow, you were saying something and also I was feeling God's presence. No, like, that is God saying, that's me. That's me. Start to pay attention. When, when you feel the presence of God, come over you in moments, ask yourself, if you didn't think of it already, what was just said or what's happening right now? And if you don't know, say, what are you saying? He'll speak to you. Yeah, we, when, uh, when we were looking to move to Reading, Amy was getting Josh ready. I was working a half a day. I don't know if I've told the story before, but it's, it's a great great testimony uh you know we were living in clear lake and um and she was getting josh ready uh four years old and she's oh we're going to drive to Reading today we're going to look for a place to live and josh this little guy my son he's 21 now and uh and he goes let's go find our pink house and uh amy's like pink house like, why not white or something right so we spent all day all day looking at following every lead, looking at every place we can, you know. And um, 
and we were worn out. Like we, we, we were, we were just like, we're done. We're going to have to make another trip. No fruit today, you know. And so Amy's like, well, why don't we just go and look at those apartments that so and so told us about at least? And it was kind of the idea of like, we'll just look at that so we can find out it's not the thing either, and then just go home, you know, like whatever. And um, so we we pull up to these apartments. They're off of Oasis. Um, by the fun center there. And um, as we're coming up the little knoll, the hill there, the way the sun was setting, they're these like, they're like these salmon stucco apartment buildings, these townhouses. All right? And we're pulling up, and I'm telling you, it was like the presence of God. Do you remember this? Like, the presence of God just comes into the car. And my son from the back seat, and his car, this little guy, he's like, he goes, it's our house. And Amy looks at me and she goes, they're pink. <laughs> How many know it is so good to know, even in the details, that, hey, we're, we're supposed to be in Reading. And we had a whole bunch of words about that confirmation. You know, we're supposed to be in Reading. But how many know this is where we're supposed to live? And it's an amazing testimony about how even all the details that had to be orchestrated for that place. It was like God just orchestrated every detail to get us into that place. And and God had spoken to us by His the word that proceeds and it came from our four year old. And then confirmed again by him from the back seat. Amen. You know, we're gonna continue to go on this for a while. There's there's more here today that we're not going to get to. Um, but one of the things we're doing here with presence and really what we as a team and those who are coming and joining on, you know, uh, and I understand Mondays is only a time that some people can come around, but there's prayer on Mondays at, typically at one o'clock. And, um, and, and there's a stewardship that's happening with what we believe God is doing here at Mountain Chapel. And, and, and we really just believe that right now, what God has been showing us is that the best thing that we can do is host Him. Because, because it's a place, this is a place where people encounter God. And we've seen over the past four months, you know, people encountering God. Somebody walked into the parking lot just a few weeks back. Shelly went out and met Him seemingly randomly. And yet, walked up, this person gets free, gets delivered, and receives Christ. They walked in the party lot. They go, this is a church. Isn't this where you come to get help? You know? And she's like, well, it is, actually. And then she was able to help it. And, uh, and on and on. There's a lot of great testimonies like that, that are happening. But just to highlight, what we are doing is we're saying, this is what God has said to us. And so when you're going to live by the word, what you do, to sum it up, is you live listening and looking. Knowing that my life flows from what you're saying. My whole life is directed, God, by what you're saying. I don't live where I want to live. I don't... I, 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 everything I do, I know that I have freedom and I get to express my desires to God. And the amazing thing is when you delight yourself in the Lord, all, you, you find yourself desiring the things He has for you anyway. And so, and so He's doing it. But, but like where I live, I hear from God about that. You know, when you've got something happening in your life, you come to church or you just get up in the morning and just say, 
God, what do you just speak? This is what I do. I kind of just go, I'm waiting for you to talk to me. And I don't know where it's going to come from. I don't know if a friend is going to like randomly message me a, a, a word from the Lord on Facebook Messenger. I've had that happen. I haven't heard this from this guy forever. Hey, I was sensing this from the Lord for you. Oh, that's the word I needed. He had no idea. He had no idea. But God knows where to find me. You know? God knows where to find you. He knows where to find you. He'll nail you where you are. And, and so when we live this way, we're going, actually, what I need today is to hear from you what you're saying. And so, um, in closing, Isaiah 50, verse 4, I'm going to release this verse to you. Would you stand? Isaiah 50, verse 4b, I guess you would say, it's the second part of it. It says, He awakens me morning by morning. He awakens my ear to listen as a disciple. Yeah, another translation says that He tunes my ear to His voice as one being taught. You know what I love about this? Is that I actually even trust Him to tune my ear. It's not about how good I am at listening. It's the fact that we have a heart to. That's all we need is a heart that leans and eyes that look and says, God, I'm listening. But the truth is, unless you speak in a way I can hear, I won't. And so I'm trusting you. And he is so good, he knows how to speak to us right where you are. Yeah, we'll save the rest till later. But would you just put your hands out? I'm going to pray for you. So, Father, we just thank you that um, that you are are speaking to us as we get into. I just see for some people, actually, I feel like for some people, um, the the Bible. When you open your Bible, you, you're like, there's been times that I have feasted, but for some reason I'm having trouble getting deep. And 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 I and I read it, but it's just not. It's not. You know, it's not as satisfying as it, as it has been at other times. And, and, um, and I just want to declare to you, like, there's just a fresh grace being released. And, and I don't even know what, what that is about. And I don't know why. But I just see grace coming on you and a rest and a peace. And, and, and so when you open your Bible, I, see, I just declare a, a spirit of wisdom and revelation from God to be upon you at the reading of the Word. I just declare over you today that you're actually a magnet for the voice of God. <laughs> you're a magnet. He zeroed in on you and He is firing His words of love at your heart and at your life. And, and if you have a decision to make, you know what? Today would ministry team come and um, uh, yeah, and uh, just the students and the ministry team, please come. Um, and today I feel like too that if there's decisions being made I feel like there's somebody in the room and, and that you've, ha- you've had decisions that you're, that you're making and you're like, I don't know, this way or that way. And, and it's good. It's a good thought process. Your logic, you know, you're, you're using logic. You're using wisdom. And, um, but I feel like the Lord is like, hey, just rest and let me talk to you. And, and I feel like God's going to release a word to you that's going to settle it in a moment. 
And, um, and so we just declared prosperity in those decisions, Scott. Those decisions were, oh, they, at your word, God, uh, blessing is released. Yeah. Thank you for stirring the hunger for a fresh word from you, Lord.